0: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. Well, today I have the awesome opportunity to interview a good friend of mine, uh, one of my mentors, I guess I could say. Uh, his name is Brett Kunkel, and he recently just started an awesome ministry uh, geared towards young people. It's called Maven, and he has agreed to join me to discuss this uh, new venture of his. So, Brett, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, it's always great to to. Get another opportunity just to mentor you, Ryan.
0: Oh yeah, and I, to
1: I, coach you and to dis, to dispense all of my wisdom to you right now.
0: Well, you know, I so. you know, why? How could I pass up on an opportunity <laughs> like this?
1: Uh, so you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. You know, I, I tried <laughs> to get your mentoring on surfing lessons, and I think I bugged you and bugged you about going surfing, and you always said I could go, but it just never worked out, and then. One night when you go out and you start talking about shark attacks and all the sharks that are <laughs> swarming the beaches in California, and I said, no, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> well, that's
1: what I was going to say. I was going to say, look, the the invitation's always been a standing invitation. Anytime you want to go out and, and brave your fear <laughs> of the uh, sharks, I'm happy to do that for you, brother.
0: Hey, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's something to me being from Colorado that, uh, you know, swimming alongside sharks or at least not knowing when they're right under me Uh, you know, it's not the most comforting thing in the world.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I just, I just trust in the Lord.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't help the other night that, uh, you know, I'm over at your place and, you know, some of the other guys are talking about how they crash and the boards come up and hit them in their face. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, that sounds wonderful.
1: Well, you know what? It's a sport for tough men. So I uh... guess that's
0: not me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now for those that are listening and, and, and don't know exactly who you are, you know, you, uh. Uh, I don't know if that's very many, but, um, you know, you did many years at Stand to Reason, about 14 years, correct?
1: Yeah, I was at Stand to Reason for 14 years as a student impact director. 14 really good years. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And you were involved in a lot of awesome stuff in your time there, starting uh, the Rethink Student Apologetics Conference. Uh, Can you kind of mention a little bit about what you did with that?
1: Yeah, well, we, you know, always just... I'm looking for ways to effectively reach young people and disciple young people and get them in the door of worldview and apologetic training. And so, uh, you know, I I realized that youth ministries and and a lot of just people in the church, there's kind of this already built-in mechanism, and it's the mechanism of conferences. And so I thought, I've been doing these uh, apologetics conferences, and oftentimes they would throw a youth track on and you know to try and pull youth into the conference and, and to train youth. And I'm I'm telling you, almost none of the youth tracks were effective. You'd get 10, 15 students. Hmm. And half of the half of them were already apologetic junkies, right? They were that that rare high schooler who eats this stuff up. Yeah. Uh, and then the other half were there because their parents dragged them there because whatever they're rebelling or they're starting to lose their faith. And it just, I never was a very effective way. I thought to reach a large swath of evangelical kids. And so I thought, well, what if we, what if we tailor, tailor made a a conference for young people that did some unique things that, that really went after youth and that, um, that kind of demographic particularly. Uh, but, but, but we still gave them solid worldview content, apologetic content, theological content. And, uh, yeah, so then we started the uh, Rethink Conference um, at Standard Reason five years – or, let's see, no, six years ago. And we the first year we had 400 in Southern California. We thought, wow, this is really cool. This is a ton. Let's do it again. Next year we had 600. Uh, and then we grew ultimately uh, last year to 1750 – and then this year we're around there to like, uh, 18, 1900, something like that. But anyway, thousands of students coming out for an apologetics conference is pretty Wait, cool.
0: Absolutely. And that probably seems crazy to a lot of people listening, but you know, I've been a part of the conference the last three years, uh, and seen it grow. And, and it is really cool just seeing the, the excitement on these students as they kind of run into the auditorium, as they want to be the first ones in, as they're participating. And I think even this year I went to, uh, Reasons to Believe was giving out a free book if you signed out this card. And I went over to get the free book and they said, yeah, we've given all of our books away. Uh, they brought a few hundred of them and they were all gone. And so, you know, these young people that are there wanting answers and desiring this information that, you know, maybe they're not getting uh, other places.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, let, let me I want to I want to just kind of share with your listeners a couple of the specific things that we do, because I'd love I'd love to see others do this as well. Um But I think there are a couple things that we did that were kind of unique to young people and that really appealed to young people. And number one was that anyone who was speaking, who was on our main stage, kind of doing our plenary sessions, they had to be top notch and not top notch academics, not top notch scholars, but they had to be people who could communicate to youth. And look, I've worked with young people for 25 years now. Uh, to your typical evangelical kid in your typical evangelical church doesn't care if you have six PhDs and wrote 22 books. Um, they, if you can't get their attention and hold them in your speaking in the first two, three, four minutes, uh, they're, they're gone. They're, they're out, uh, for that session. And so that was one thing that we did is we said, uh, hey, we gotta, we gotta get the best communicators that can actually speak to youth. So that was one thing. Secondly, we said we got to have some fun. Uh, we got to overcome the stereotype that apologetic types are just nerdy, stodgy, argumentative, mean spirited, angry, grumpy people. And we wanted this to be, and so when I say fun, that's really what we really wanted to communicate was joy. There's this joy and a lot of laughter and fun that we, we, we plan in the conference. And so very specifically, that looks like not doing a, a you know, I'm not going to read someone's bio and all their accomplishments for a group of junior high and high school students to introduce them instead, because uh, that's that's just going to bore the kids. I you watch their eyes start to glaze over uh, What instead, what I'm going to do is we're going to we're going to do some kind of competition. With that speaker. We're going to do something that's fun, that we can laugh at each other, we can joke around, we can be sarcastic, and that is actually going to be a lot more personal. And then I'll do a little quick word of introduction. But um, so, you know, we incorporate joy and fun into the conference, we incorporate worship. We want this to be not just, uh, you know, head disconnected from heart, but how do we bring those things together? Yeah. So those are some of the things that we did specifically that I just thought I'd throw out there for, for others who want to do an effective youth conference. Um, you know, those are some of the things that we, we took, uh, took into account.
0: Well, awesome. Yeah. You know, that's one of those conferences where, uh, you know, I've been a part of and been able to hear these people speak and see the games and the activities. You know, uh, I think you lost this last year to uh, Tim and and Alan Schliemann. Is that correct? You and Greg lost?
1: Uh, No, I never lose. (laughs) Even if it appears like I lost on stage, I actually didn't lose. You just you just misperceive that.
0: Oh, okay. You know, it's all just how we how we perceive our world to be.
1: That's okay. right. Reality is perception, my friend.
0: Interesting. Okay. Is that the new teachings of Maven? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, you, I, I think, you know, this kind of goes to show, you know, you've, you've done a lot of stuff with Stand to Reason. And so um, what you've now left Stand to Reason and started Maven, um, you know, I thought one of the main uh, reasons why you might have done this, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're very frequently um, misunderstood, I guess, or misidentified as being Greg's son. Uh, Brett, Kunk, Brett Kokel.
1: Um, <laughs> did
0: this have anything to do with your leaving and uh, and wanting to kind of get away from that misunderstanding?
1: Actually, Ryan, you were the first one to hit the nail on the head. I just could I couldn't stand being <laughs> called Greg's grandson anymore. Yeah. And, uh, well,
0: uh, grandson. <laughs> I think you are the grandpa and he still is. <clears throat> he's not. So uh, no, That's
1: that's true. That's true. I'm going to have to rework this joke. Um, <laughs> hey, better to be a grandpa than look like a grandpa and not be a grandpa, right? I've heard,
0: I've heard that one before.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That's yeah, my good
0: yeah. one. Um, and so, you know, maybe, you know, that won't happen anymore now that you have Maven. But uh, so now, no seriously, um, you know, what, what was it that, that kind of drew you to start? You know, what is Maven?
1: Yeah, okay. So uh, Maven is a youth-focused organization. Uh, I've just thought a lot about how do we most effectively reach young people specifically with worldview training and apologetics, good theology. Uh, how, how do we effectively do that? And um, uh, and I just I'm always thinking about how do we be more effective? And we just we have a different kid today. We have a, um, a, a kid who is a digital native. They've been raised on screens uh, since they were babies. They are image-based. They, uh, you know, uh, think with their feelings, so to speak. They are media-saturated. They've grown up on social media. They've grown up with smartphones. Uh, we've got a different kind of kid. This kid uh, who has, has you know, thousands of images and uh, screens in front of their face all, their, uh, all the time, uh, that kid has been shaped by those things. And... All right. So that's that provides a huge challenge for those of us who want to go after their minds and want to uh, help them develop intellectually and help them to learn how to love God with their minds and, and, and care about worldview and apologetics. So um, one thing that, uh, you know, I know young people uh, in this day and age, they there are certain brands, right, that they care about. Um, and Based upon the brand and the perception of the brand and and what they think it represents, they identify with it or they don't. And so for me, Maven is an attempt to take our content, the truth, and repackage it for a new generation, uh, for a a generation that's different than other generations. How do we take that apologetic content, that theological content, that worldview content, so for me, Maven is an attempt to to really repackage truth for this next generation. And, and if you think about it, um, this is something that, uh, you know, it's not merely it's not kind of the shallow. How do I uh, kind of I don't know uh, at risk of irritating some people's uh, kind of this <laughs> some of the seeker sensitive type approach, just just this. You know, base appeal. I, I just want to get people in the door, and I'll do whatever I have to to appeal to them. It's not that. It's just saying how do how 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 do we be better missionaries to this culture? How do we really know this culture of young people, what they're growing up with, and how do we just more effectively reach them? And you know, I was in a uh, I was in a men's store recently, and there was this table of, you know, there were different products on the table. There's one table or one product that really caught my eye. And it was, it was, it was, I actually didn't even know what the product was. It was this really cool box. this like wooden box. It was made out of like, it looked like a reclaimed wood. It had this really cool engraving of a name and I hadn't, I didn't recognize it and it had this sliding cover. And I mean that the way that that was packaged, it caused me to pick it up and just start taking a look and taking interest in it. And then what I did is I looked at the box, I looked at the packaging, and then I opened it. And I opened it to see what was inside, But uh, and it was men's cologne. And I actually, at that point, I mean, I wasn't in the market for men's cologne, but it was the packaging that got me interested in even picking up the men's cologne. And then once I, I looked at it and I opened it up, then I started kind of looking at the, the cologne inside. You know, it got me interested what was inside, but just the way that it was packaged um, drew my attention. And with media-saturated kids, image-based kids, kids who've been in front of screen, you know, most of the days of their lives, uh, I think that that's part of what we have to do is we have to repackage the truth. We have to think of not just about the content, but how we present it to them. I'll give you here's another example. Uh, I, I was uh, at a youth event where uh, a video was played during this youth event and the video had great content. You and I would would look at that and listen to that and say man that was solid content but the way that it was packaged the music that was used, the graphics that were were used uh, it was it looked old outdated it was kind of out of style and um, when I saw it I thought hmm, I, my bet is that this is, this doesn't appeal to these young people who are at this event. And so I talked to some of them afterwards. I'm like, hey, tell me about what you, what you think about that video. And I kid you not, one of the kids, one of the kids, um, talking to his buddies said, what is this, 2012? (laughs) <laughs> that's so hilarious. long
0: ago
1: <laughs> yeah for like this high school kid like five years ago that that's a long time ago we we would say hey what that what, this is like from the 80s or from the 90s yeah but that's what he said and then um the uh the, the the asking them what 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 did the video okay all right so you didn't like the the design you didn't like the music what did the video say though what was the content they couldn't tell me they said we couldn't get past the rapper yeah. basically we couldn't get past how it was produced and so the content was totally lost even though it was the truth it was good solid content yeah and it just gave me that insight like yeah that's where our kids are at and it's sad and that's I mean I am I happy about that of course not is um is that a is that a struggle yeah but Look, we can either sit. and I think sometimes Christians, we're really good at just bemoaning the situation, right? We're good at complaining. We're good at saying how bad things are and critiquing things, and we critique these anti-intellectual, shallow young people. And there's certainly truth to that. But, um, you know, moaning and lamenting and uh, despairing alone, that's not a good strategy if we're going to try and reach them. And so we're going to say, okay, that's where kids are at. So let's, you know what? Let's redouble our efforts. Let's work harder to figure out how do we reach that kid. Yeah. Um, and so, and to me, I think that that just means part of it is repackaging. So that's really part of our passion at Maven is, is to repackage the truth and and get more of these kids. We want to be an entry point. Look, there are some incredible ministries out there. I'll tell you one incredible ministry is Impact 360, what they're doing with their gap year program. They also have an incredible two-week uh, high school worldview camp in the summer. Uh, so Impact Three Hundred and Sixty is doing great work there, but theirs is a little more more in depth, right? To get a student to a two-week worldview camp, which, frankly, I think every Christian kid needs to go to. This Absolutely. it's the kind of training they need before they they graduate from our homes. Yeah. but but before we get them there. Most of them aren't going to just bite off on two weeks and you know fifteen hundred bucks and and okay yeah I'm in I'm going to go. Instead, what we have to do is we have to have an entry point for those kids. They might not go for two weeks, but maybe they'll come for two days or a day and a half a conference. Yeah. Where we you know we package this stuff in ways that are that are appealing, but that we don't dumb it down, we don't uh, we don't uh, compromise the content. And so that's that's part of the idea with Maven. Um, and that's why we chose the name we did. We, uh, you know, we didn't want something that was overly academic. Uh, we didn't want something that it's not Maven Ministries, even though we are a ministry, we don't call it Maven Ministries. Because a, a, a young person doesn't identify with a, a worldview ministry or an apologetics ministry or, you know, they just don't identify with with ministries like like an older generation did. Yeah. Um, Instead, what we see that they they identify with a more of a lifestyle, which is fine with me. That you know what, that's great because uh, Christianity is more than just an organization. It's more than just a teaching. It's a lifestyle. Absolutely. And so, uh, so we chose a name that we thought would help uh, bring some. Number one, wasn't overly academic. Something that ultimately we could build some reputation under and build a brand with and, and build some appeal where young people could say, yeah, I'm, I'm with Maven. And a Maven is simply, the biggest question I get is, well, what is a Maven? Well that's, <laughs> It's not a real familiar word to a lot of people, but it, uh, a Maven is someone who is very knowledgeable in a particular area, and, uh, and then they try to pass that along. So you could have a finance Maven, you could have a fashion Maven, I mean, you could have all kinds of different people who are experts in particular fields. And that's what we want to be. We want to be Mavens of Truth for young people. And then we want young people to become mavens. We want to help their parents and their youth pastors and their, their pastors and leaders become mavens. So that's why we chose the name.
0: That's good. You know, actually, one of the uh, best recommendations that I heard as far as a name for, uh, for your ministry before you chose Maven, or maybe it was after, was uh, Brett Apologetics Ministry. Bam! Yes,
1: we, that, was, that was our second choice. <laughs> you okay, didn't want to go with that uh, one? If I, can't, if I can't come up with anything better, bam is it.
0: Bam, there you go. That's all yeah, And have we, to would
1: do. Have, we would have lasted for about six months, and then it would have been
0: over. <laughs> yeah, that maybe would have been the best choice. You know, but as you were talking about all that kind of branding and stuff like that, I, I thought of my students, of how they will identify with the brand. And, I mean, frankly, it doesn't matter how good the product actually is. Um, if that is the brand that, that students enjoy or the students are buying, they just buy it. And just the other day, I was talking with them, and I asked them, you know, what what is this brand? Why, why do you spend the money you do on this brand? And they go, well, because this is it. And I'm like, what makes this better than anything else? And they're (laughs) like, I don't know. But at the same time, they know a lot about the brand. And so it's Mm -hmm. interesting, I think, with the kind of the attention of our students and and kind of that content, you know, saturated culture, uh, you get their attention quickly with that branding, and you you get to where they enjoy the brand, or at least they recognize the brand, and then they start to learn things about it, uh, whereas they wouldn't have before.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, so that's why I think – At when for at least for Maven, our job is not simply going to be able you know our task isn't just to put content out. We will do that, but we also you know particularly content for young people, we're going to think a lot about how we present it, not just what we present but how we present it. Um, I want to think about design, and I want to think about creative direction. I would love eventually to be in the position. Where Maven can hire a full-time creative director who thinks about design and look and feel, uh, because those are very important aspects of appealing to young people. And also, think about it. I think this is consistent with the Christian worldview. We are, we are, um, we are image bearers, you know. And we gotta, we gotta think carefully. What's it mean to be an image bearer? What? How, how do I reflect that? And part of it is in our creativity. We're not just, you know, uh, some people say, you know, uh, a a mind on a stick or a brain on a stick or, you know, whatever. We're not we're not just thinking things. Uh, That's part of it. We are certainly rational beings made in the image of God, but we are also emotional beings. We are also creative beings. Uh, And uh, and I think what I want to do is I want to. develop a, a team of folks that care about those things as well and, and see those as very important expressions of being a Christian made in God's image. And we want to do excellent design and we want to put that content that we have in a beautiful package. So there's appeal to head, heart, uh, the whole deal. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of our vision.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, we only got about seven minutes left and we haven't gotten to one of the most important aspects, I think, of Maven. Uh, one of the coolest things that is very unique to Maven, and that is the immersive experiences. Can you kind of uh, explain a little bit about what you do with the mission trips?
1: Yeah. So we have three strategies uh, primarily at Maven um, in the startup phase. One will be our virtual training and the online resources. Secondly, we're going to be developing live events. So that would include uh, my own speaking uh uh, and then also uh, developing conferences for young people. But then third is this idea of immersive experiences. And this is where we're taking these mission type experiences that I have developed, first developed them when I was a youth pastor, then in my work at Santa reason. And really I've just been leading these kind of trips to Utah and to Berkeley on my own uh, and doing, you know, I, at one point I was on five to six of these a year and Uh, We would take young people, train them in worldview and apologetics and take them to Berkeley. Or we would train them in scripture and theology and take them to Utah and get them in conversations with Mormons. And these trips are utterly unique. They are incredible in terms of how they equip young people. I think it's so vital we get young people out of the classroom out from behind the four walls of the church and get this stuff into real life. And th- that's not just for young people. It really is for the church a- as a whole. We need to, you know, we, sometimes I think we sit on the sidelines too much, hmm. right? We, uh, we, in, in, the sidelines are, are the pew or the, the church seats or, you know, whatever we sit week in, week out in church. And, um, we never get in the game and our part of our game is living, uh, on mission for Christ, our, our our mission statement is the Great Commission, right? And so these trips really get students in that game. It trains them, equips them, and then we put them in situations where they have to talk to unbelievers. So in Berkeley, we talk to atheists or skeptics or skeptical Berkeley students, or we'll go to the Unitarian Church and uh, talk to Unitarians, or go. We've gone to the Hari Krishna Temple. We've done events with the Atheist Club. We bring out atheist guests. I mean, basically, it's like let's get into situations where we have to have conversations with unbelievers and share the truth, engage apologetically, engage uh, intelligently, um, share the gospel, but also teach these young people how to do so with love and grace and warmth and uh, and how to pray for lost people. And it's just amazing to watch what God does on these trips. So yeah, it's I. What we want to do now is to, to expand these and not just. Have me lead these. We want to get folks who we feel are equipped to do this. So we are looking for people who uh, who have apologetic training. You know, maybe they've done an MA in apologetics, but we're also looking for people who know how to work with youth. Uh, frankly, we I, I don't want to just get in somebody who's an apologetic junkie and uh, but doesn't have relational skills. And uh, unfortunately, we got to admit there's a lot folks like that in our tribe who are very smart, very sweet, good hearted. But maybe there's some relational skills we got to work on to be able to talk to some normal people. And we, we've we got to get some of those folks who have some of those skills, who can work with youth, but who also know the content, uh, who have some leadership skills. And when we get those people, we want to train them to be our field guides who will then be able to lead these trips and equip other groups so that we i'm not you know we're not just doing two or three of these each year that i lead but that we're all ultimately doing 20 or 30 of these uh where we're taking hundreds of kids each year on these incredible immersive experiences and uh, there's just nothing like it and so you know um you know you're a great candidate ryan oh wait i think we have you booked for a trip in 2018 don't we
0: yeah, that is. Uh, I'm very excited to be going on one. Uh, well, I guess I've already gone on one, but going on one as a field guide.
1: Yeah, so, you've been on two trips actually with me. And yeah, and that's uh, what I was gonna
0: say. You know, I, it's when you talk about these being incredible experiences for students, I I can't agree more. Um, you know, especially going to uh, Salt Lake City the first time and seeing these uh, high schoolers who, when we first met them, were very shy, um, and then next thing you know, we're going to BYU. They're sitting down in the cafeteria at BYU with BYU students discussing theology and scripture. Um, And then I remember seeing some of the young high school girls up at Berkeley. And after three days of being on Berkeley campus, talking to Berkeley students, they come back and they're like, man, this is so easy. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And and seeing their excitement uh, as they came back and recognizing, like, it's not super scary to talk about your faith and talk about worldview issues with people.
1: Yeah. This is something
0: that when you get out and you just practice, it, it comes easy.
1: Yeah, practice and knowledge. Uh, those things really go a long way. And then just getting out and doing it and then guiding them and debriefing them and then retraining them. And the more you do it, the, the the better you get at it. And then you also start living out the mission of the church. And I think that's where it really helps light up students, because most of these students, they've never shared the, the gospel ever before. Yeah. Uh, and so they get really pumped because this is what we're this is what we're for. this is uh, the purpose of the church and it's exciting then the, then the, the you know you, you can't be apathetic at that point. The Christian life gets exciting when you live it for the gospel and it gets messy and you know uh, and uh, and you get passionate about the stuff and so yeah. we love to watch students get lit up.
0: Yeah well now that I'm leading a trip next summer, uh, going back to the beginning of this podcast, you know I said you're my friend and mentor. can I now call you my boss? <laughs>
1: are you the boss uh, man now? Uh, that's, yeah, actually, I, I could get really used to that name, oh, okay. so uh, that title. So yeah, oh, call, me, call me boss, call me CEO, call me Prez, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> Grandpa Kunk? No.
1: <laughs> no. No, don't call me is, that, is, or, is you, that too you, or, or you'll no longer be calling me boss.
0: Oh, okay, sorry, i got to watch myself now. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we are out of time. Uh, where can they kind of get more information and keep uh, up to date in what Maven is doing?
1: Uh, go to maventruth.com. Now, uh, just so you know, just so your audience knows, I'm not sure exactly when this uh, podcast is going up, but we are currently working on developing the website right now. It's a kind of a placeholder business card for people who want to get a hold of us or Book me for speaking or whatever, but um, we are in the in the middle of designing a new site where we'll be putting content there and um, and working on the visual appeal and all that stuff. So, but they can go to Maven Truth and find some initial details. And I would say at the beginning of November, um, uh, revisit MavenTruth dot com, and uh, they'll find a new website up.
0: Very good, Brett. Thank you so much for taking the time discussing Maven with me.
1: Uh, always a pleasure to to talk with you, buddy.
0: Yeah. And for those of you listening, uh, I encourage you to go check out maventruth.com. To look at those immersive experiences. Think about sending your church or your group uh, of students on one of those trips. There's nothing like it out there. So thank you so much for listening to Coffeehouse Questions. Be sure to check back in a future time to see more blogs and podcasts. You've been listening to Coffeehouse Questions with Ryan Pauley. you really,
1: Won't hesitate to follow your
0: love will Find my way.